Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more by visiting the website johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Keith Flaw. Keith is a co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll be talking about the education level in uh, uh, public schools in, in Florida. We'll also be visiting with Doug Lewis, local attorney. He's also a bishop in the Church of the Latter-day Saints. We'll be talking about his recommendation and thought for unity and prayer and fasting over the holidays, over the high holidays. We'll visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, and Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. Always enjoy. He'll always be the mayor of Naples to me. It is April the 9th, and on this day in 1865, an Appomattox courthouse in Virginia, Confederate General Robert E. Lee surrendered his 28,000 troops to Union General Ulysses S. Grant, effectively ending the Civil War. Forced to abandon the Confederate capital of Richmond, blocked by joining the surviving Confederate force in North Carolina and harassed constantly by the Union cavalry, Lee had no other option. In retreating from the Union Army's Appomattox campaign, the Army of Northern Virginia had stumbled through the Virginia countryside, stripped of food and supplies. At one point, Union cavalry forces under General Philip Sheridan had actually overrun Lee's army, blocking their retreat and taking 6,000 prisoners at Sayers Creek. Desertions were mounting, and by April the 8th, the Confederates were surrounded with no possibility of escape. On April the 9th, Lee sent a message to Grant announcing his willingness to surrender. The two generals met in the parlor of the Wilmer McLean home at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Lee and Grant, both holding the highest rank in their respective armies, had known each other only slightly during the Mexican War and exchanged awkward personal inquiries. Characteristically, Grant arrived in his muddy field uniform while Lee had turned out in full-dress attire, complete with sash and sword. Lee asked for the terms, and Grant hurriedly wrote them out. All officers and men were to be pardoned. They would be sent home with their private property, most important the horses, which could be used in the farms in the late spring planting. Officers would be, uh, keep their sidearms, and Lee's st starving men would be given Union rations. Slushing a band that had begun the play in celebration, Grant told the officers, the war is over, the rebels are our countrymen again. Although scattered resistance continued for several weeks, for all practical purposes, the Civil War had come to an end. On this day, in 1865, at Appomattox Courthouse, it's just amazing, you think that uh, right now the uh, general would pick up the phone or his cell phone and call the president and say the war is over. I'm sure it took a while for actually to get back to Washington, D.C., although Appomattox Courthouse is not a long distance from Washington. Well, stocks surged yesterday after Bernie Sanders dropped out of the presidential race, relieving some of the Wall Street's political concerns amid the economic crisis stemming from the coronavirus. The Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 779 points yesterday, or 3.4%. That's good news. Uh, also, uh, the numbers from the daily increases in coronavirus cases have fallen Friday, according to the data from Johns Hopkins University. Uh, daily uh, increases in global cases have also fallen since then. Anthony Fauci, you know who he is. He's the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, said that the U.S. death uh, count related to the coronavirus is now lower than initially thought. You think? At one point, 2.2 million people, now down to, well, they're estimating less than 60,000. <clears> That's good news. Well, a new study is out saying aerobic exercise can lower levels of depression and hostility, and that good mood feeling you get after crushing a workout can linger for weeks now that you might not be commuting to work, commuting to the yoga class mat instead, it could be help those, some of those quarantine blues to get out and maybe take a run or ride a bike or uh, get, get the, uh, the heart beating and get a, a nice workout. It gets those, uh, get the uh, level of, well, I'm trying, I can't even remember the word, anyhow. 
in any event, exercise is a good thing, and it might be good to know that uh, during this quarantine period. Well, Dr. Scott Jensen, a Minnesota physician and Republican state senator, said he received a seven-page document coaching him to fill out death certificates with COVID-19 diagnosis without a lab test to confirm the patient actually had the virus. And this, is, this uh, just confirms what I thought. Uh, you know, a lot of, when in doubt, just say it's COVID-19 related. Uh, in fact, that's actually been confirmed by Dr. Burks. If someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that as a COVID-19 death, she said. There's not a, a big difference between dying with the virus and from the virus. Isn't that interesting? That's what I thought. Anyhow, Bernie Sanders suspended his Democratic presidential campaign yesterday, effectively ensuring former Vice President Joe Biden will be the party's nominee, even as the liberal Vermont senator vowed to continue to lead his movement into the future. The senator at one point the frontrunner for the nomination initially announced the decision during an all-staff conference yesterday morning and then followed up with an addressed live stream to supporters shortly before noon. He still claimed a symbolic victory in saying that our movement was has won the ideological struggle, uh, discussing how the ideas like a $15 minimum wage, health care for all, and more importantly, uh, may be more widely embraced in his party now. It's a curious moment, though, Sanders said uh, that Biden will be the nominee, yet we will stress the importance of continuing to win delegates. I'm sure he just wants that those delegate that delegate count <clears throat> for leverage in negotiating with Biden on maybe some of the planks in the platform. So uh, Trump tweeted, Bernie Sanders is out. Thank to uh, thank you, Elizabeth Warren. If not for her, Bernie Sanders would have won almost every state on Super Tuesday. This ended just like the Democrats and DNC wanted, same as crooked Hillary uh, fiasco. The Bernie people should come to the Republican Party, and then he has in capital letters trade, of course, emphasizing that he and Bernie Sanders agreed on trade, and uh, that, that should appeal to his supporters. So uh, I'm sure that uh, this is a period of time where he perhaps can help uh, heal the wounds between him and Biden, perhaps get some of his followers over to Biden. But I think the president can make a strong case for some of those followers. President Donald Trump on Wednesday questioned why former President Barack Obama was waiting to endorse the former vice president, even though Bernie Sanders dropped out of the Democratic presidential primary. And then he said, I don't know why President Obama has supported Joe Biden a long why he hasn't supported him a long time ago. There's something he feels is wrong. Trump said he was amazed that Obama was still waiting to endorse Biden, suggesting that the former vice president or former president knew something about Biden's suitability to be president. He knows something you don't know, Trump said. I think I know, but you don't know, he said, teasing the press. Uh, the president acknowledged that Obama would likely endorse Biden at some point. He'll come out. I'm sure he's, he's got to come out at some point because he certainly doesn't want to see me for another four more years. <laughs> we, we think a, a little bit differently, he said. Trump also questioned why Bernie Sanders said he would keep his delegates. He said, why, what about the delegates, he said. He said he's going to keep those delegates and he would like to uh, get more if he's dropping out. Why, he added. That's a weird deal going on. Anyhow, it's fun to watch... Uh, President Trump's presser yesterday, I watched them all. Uh, Sleepy Joe Biden held a virtual town meeting yesterday in his Delaware basement. He could barely speak without jumbling words and losing his train of thought. Just a few minutes into the town hall, Biden tripped over his tongue so bad he inadvertently admitted he was making no sense. He said this, and I watched the clip, we have to make sure everyone has access to maintain and maintain affordable health care insurance coverage, he said. We should be making it easier, not harder to make sure, to make sense. Oh, let me put it this way. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. <laughs> what a word salad that is, huh? Anyhow, that's the, uh, that's the opponent who's going to be the Democrat candidate for president. It can't, maybe, he just can't string together a complete sentence. Unbelievable. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo announced Wednesday that the government has brought home more than 50,000 Americans who could have been stranded abroad since the start of the coronavirus pandemic. Speaking at the Daily White House Coronavirus Task Force yesterday, he said that uh, the effort from the State Department to repatriate Americans ab abroad is without parallel in our lifetime. In fact, we're going to be speaking with uh, Doug Lewis in just a little while 
And uh, his daughter has just returned from a mission in Peru, and she was stranded there. So we'll find out a little bit about that, too. We brought more than 50,000 Americans back home from more than 90 countries. When he was asked about State Department employees, would they stay? And he said, oh, yeah, we're going to keep our embassies open. But there's still people that uh, want to try and get home. And uh, that's an important point. He says they're working very hard on it. Uh, finally, the World Health Organization denied it favors China in its response to the coronavirus outbreak after President Trump accused the organization of being China-centric. The uh, president accused the WHO, World Health Organization, of tailoring its response to the coronavirus based on the whims of the Chinese Communist Party. He pointed out, President Trump, that, uh, well, we put in $400,000, $500,000 to support the World Health Organization. China puts in 40000 and we get treated badly, It was his point of view. He says, we're going to look at it. And, the, of course, the reporters are saying, well, does that mean you're not going to fund? He says, well, we're just going to stop funding for now. We're going to take a look at it. Uh, well, you know, they were wrong on all counts, said the president. He's absolutely right. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards with six full productions this season. But did you know that Gulf Shore Playhouse brings unique theater education programs and opportunities for children, teens, and adults alike? Education is a vital component of Gulf Shore Playhouse's mission, providing programs aimed at enriching the lives of our children, teens, and students of all ages. Each offering provides real-life skills and learning experiences that are invigorating, nurturing, and readily accessible to every member of our community, thanks to the scholarships and reduced-price programming for our region's most deserving students. From in-school residencies and pre-professional theater training to community partnerships, audience engagement, and student matinees. The goal is to inspire creativity, encourage self-expression, and support the blossoming of self-confidence, collaboration, and a deep appreciation for the arts. With each passing year, Golf Show Playhouse continues to touch the lives of tens of thousands of students throughout Southwest Florida. Isn't it time that a young person in your life finds out more? For more information about student camps and the Teen Conservatory, visit the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And, of course, the season is balance of the season has been calloused. But check out the website. They've got some really cool things, virtual theater going on. And you can find out more by visiting the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Doug Lewis. He is a, a bishop in the Church of the Latter-day Saints. We're talking about maybe his daughter's experience in Peru, as well as... A special day coming up tomorrow. 
Uh, right now we have with us Keith Flaw. Keith Flaw is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Keith, can you hear me well? Yes, I can. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> I've turned <laughs> the right knobs. So uh, tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a, a grassroots uh, coalition of now well over 100 groups uh, across the state of Florida. Uh, we focus on K-12 education reform. Uh, we were very active in uh, the, the last year's effort um, and earlier this year, I guess, uh, getting rid of Common Core with the new best standards. Mm -hmm. uh, we focus uh, um, and advocate for uh, school choice um, and um we're a strong. We have a strong belief that competition is the way we'll, we'll raise the quality of education in all uh, in all schools, I mean, not just uh, um, you know, not just homeschooling or whatever, but uh, particularly the public schools. Public schools, charter schools, are just just having parents have a choice, and, the, and you've made so much progress. I just really salute the work of you and Pastor Rick and the work that you've what you've accomplished legislatively in uh, Tallahassee. Uh, the website is goflca.org, goflca.org. So, Keith, the kids right now are quarantined along with their parents, stay at home. Their school has been closed, I would suspect, probably for the balance of the school year. And now kids are being schooled at home. They're trying to makeshift the process so kids can stay engaged and complete the curriculum. But all of a sudden, I think parents are beginning to discover, well, this stuff doesn't look right. Yeah, now we're seeing more and more of that, Bob, and on multiple uh, uh, multiple ven uh, venues. Uh, that we just posted an article, reposted an article yesterday on our website from the Federalist Paper, and uh, it was by a mom. <coughs> the title of it: "The Schoolwork My Kids Are Bringing Home Exposes Public Schools' Radical Leftist Politics." And she goes on to explain uh, that she was focused on her ninth grade daughter's uh, homework the mm -hmm. other day. And uh, the daughter was 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 reading a, 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 a her reading assignment was a was about parents raising babies, T H E Y B I E S babies. So gender neutral gender self identification. Holy and, moly! Uh, and, and and she hadn't been paying attention to that. I mean, she wasn't realizing it. Well, I think that's uh, she, true of a lot of parents. I think they, they uh, send their kids off to school. They expect that they're getting a good education. They get reports back that the school grades uh, is rated highly in the state. They, you know, the kids are getting grades. It's, But nevertheless, now I think parents, their, their eyes are being opened up to what's really going on. Yeah. Her 11-year-old her son, um, middle school, was assigned uh, uh, two videos. Uh, that integrated It was in their integrated global studies class. And um, it was an alarm. One of them was a, an alarmist video that promotes uh, donations to a bogus fund. Um, mm. And that might be a little bit strange, but why? Why eleven-year-olds, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, she goes on to say, well, one of her other children uh, was uh, was being indoctrinated with um, the equity program. Um, you know that kids need needed to be uh, everything. Everybody needs to be equal, but the cost work, uh, the the work that her son was uh, getting was in his physics class. Hmm. See, so this is a this is a uh, very concerning. Now, the the reason why it's concerning, it's not just one person's observation, but again, you and members of the Florida Citizens Alliance have gone through textbooks. You found numerous cases of indoctrination, propaganda. Uh, how the country was founded, so forth. Uh, there are a lot of problems, and it needs to be reviewed. You've pointed this out, and I think you've gotten the notice uh, and, and support of uh, Superintendent Cochran of the of the uh, Florida. I guess he's a commissioner of the Florida schools, public schools, right. as well as the governor, who's really jumped on this by eliminating Common Core. Yeah, and and uh, that that brings it back to an interesting point. Uh, if you look at the new best standards. Uh, that replace Common Core. There, uh, the, one of the major, major differences between that and Common Core, between these new standards and Common Core, was that, um, particularly in English language arts, mm -hmm. uh, they've integrated the content uh, that goes along with the standards, the English standards. And by the content, it's all. If you if you go through it carefully, it's all classical literature. 
Um, you know, and you, 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 you and your listening audience may remember that um, you know, for the last several years, we've been trying to get the pop culture out of our school systems. Well, I think uh, I recall at one point that in our, in our Cuyahoga County schools, I think it was the summer reading list, there was nothing on it that was written before the year 2000. And one of the items on the reading list was the instructions on how to do your uh, federal income taxes. Yeah, right. Actually, the the requirement was uh, nothing could be on that summer reading list uh, that wasn't published. It had to be published prior after 2010. It wasn't 2000. It was 2010. So it was all pop culture. Uh, pop culture brings with it, you know, all of the uh, abusive situations that kids are put in, uh, the pornography, the sex ed. I mean, it... Uh, so anyway, well, wait, I, yeah, to, let me just underscore what you just said. In other words, nothing like uh, the the, uh, uh, the adventures of Tom Sawyer or Huckleberry Finn or uh, the classics by Nathaniel Hawthorne, uh, uh, Henry Thoreau. None of that stuff was on the list. No, none of it. None of it. <laughs> Couldn't be. Yeah, right. Uh, no. Yeah. Now the, the the new best standards are just amazing, and 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 I really urge to look at. Uh, what the, what they're supposed to be being being taught now, and since they're uh, educating at home, you know, you literally go out and 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 get those books, yeah. novels, and work with your kids in 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 the classical literature, um, and that brings me back to the whole opportunity here. I see, uh, you know, I've been strongly suspecting that the what I call the factory model that we've had for education in the last 150 years is uh, in its death throes. It's just not serving uh, us well as a republic. But I think this is going to cause a, an acceleration. I think this coronavirus is going to cause an acceleration and should cause an acceleration as parents realize there is a much more effective way to educate their child. And it, it, it revolves around them being involved. So yeah. um, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. You know, it just brings to mind this uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services, his name slips my mind now, but, uh, but he'd mentioned that uh, he, his uh, mother could not read, but she sat every day and listened attentively to her son read to her, and she did it as though she could read, just simply to provide support yeah. in him in, in, uh, in, in learning how to read. So parents, you know, the fact that a parent may not be highly educated doesn't matter. But getting involved in the educational process is key because there's learning to, to be learned, not only in terms of uh, facts, figures, and uh, how to do math, but also values, which is so important, which is being left out, or the wrong values in some cases, in public schools. Uh, and there's some really, uh, in, in our opinion, there's some really great opportunities. Uh, uh, so parents don't have to do this, you know, from scratch on their own. Right. Uh, we're big fans of classical conversations. It's a faith-based uh, um, organization. It's very active here in Southwest Florida, and they come together as a community. And the parents are teaching their kids, but the, the parents, you know, one parent may teach uh, algebra today, and another parent may teach. An, ed an English class. If they need an expert tutor, they bring those th those folks in. But they have a whole curriculum that's yeah. excellent. And if you look at the results, th the results are running circles around uh, the public schools in terms of the testing outcomes. So, right. Uh, and the quality of student. And and there are many other programs. We're looking now at uh, a Freedom Project Academy, uh, which is a virtual program uh, that is. Uh, um, uh, excellent as well. So, so there are just many opportunities out there. So I urge uh, uh, parents uh, to, to to open your eyes, pay attention to what's going on in in, in your in your child's education. Absolutely. And, and reach out to some of these alternatives. Absolutely. Uh, again, Keith Law, co-founder of a terrific organization. Uh, Florida Citizens Alliance, please do check out the website. Very robust and informative website, goflca.org. Keith, genuinely appreciate you for coming on the show. I wish we had more time to talk about this. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, say hi to Doug for me. I certainly will. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Doug Lewis. Uh, Doug Lewis has been active in uh, in Collier County School Reform, but he's also uh, the bishop of uh, the Church of Latter-day Saints right here in our area. It has a, a church, a Spanish-Hispanic church that he supports as bishop in Golden Gate. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, Blue Provence offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. During the governor's stay-at-home notice, Blue Provence is offering pick-up curbside takeout options five nights a week, Tuesday through Saturday. To place an order, just call 261-8239 Tuesday through Saturday from 4 to 7 p.m. A 20% discount will be applied on all food orders during these unprecedented times. Compliment your order with amazing wines from the Blue Provence Retail Wine Store, offering amazing choice and value. Blue Provence Wine Store is open Monday to Saturday, 9 to 12 p.m., and has one of the most eclectic and fun wine cellars offering 10% off cases. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on the board, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. And, of course, that's after this coronavirus uh, pandemic. But you can find out more about this terrific organization. Go to the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Naples, former uh, mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Doug Lewis. Doug Lewis is a community activist. He's also a bishop in the Church of the Latter-day Saints. Uh, very active in this church as a bishop, of course. Uh, uh, Doug, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Absolutely, Bob. Great to be with you. Thank you, Doug. Now, uh, I'm aware that your daughter just returned from a mission in Peru. She was one of the 50,000 folks uh, actually helped by the State Department to uh, come home during this uh, pandemic. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're very grateful for the help from the United States State Department, uh, the government in Peru. Uh, she was a group of about 1,100 uh, missionaries from the United States and Canada uh, serving in that area for, for our church. Um, she was doing an 18-month volunteer uh, effort in down in Peru. She was in Lima West, um, and she was caught up in the in this pandemic. They had closed the borders, um, and uh, they were trying to get the trying to get the missionaries out, but uh, you know stopped all flights. No, I think you'd seen reports in the in the newspaper people that were visiting Machu Picchu and other areas, uh, other tourist groups, um, other visitors were caught up in that as well. So. Um, yeah, not only my daughter and the 1,100 missionaries for our church, but there were, you know, there were other uh, hundreds or thousands of other Americans down in Peru. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they were, understandably, you know, they're looking to quarantine and do what they're doing, but, um, you know, they weren't allowing folks to leave the country. So um, well, I appreciate not only, all the efforts. Yeah, not only that, but I mean, it's not like to say take a cab to the airport and we'll take you home. I mean, they had to actually, <laughs> <laughs> they, the, 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 the countries themselves have quarantined and, and, and saying that no travel, no, you know, that kind of thing. So right. they had to go in and actually retrieve these people, which I thought was just very inspiring. And I was just very grateful to hear that your daughter was one of those folks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they had to get permits. Um, you know, you have to have, uh, you know, licensed um, providers to go pick them up. And, you know, they're in, in her case, you know, they're they were spread out, you know, out through Peru. And so they had to um, 
you know, bring them back in and, and, um, you know, get them closer to, to Lima and then get them out, uh, you know, when they were in Lima, get them out through the airport. So yeah, we're grateful to the efforts of the state department, uh, and the embassy. Yeah. There were quite a few U S military personnel down there and, and embassy personnel that, that took good care of our kids. So. Yeah. So in the meantime, she's home and you've now quarantined because of course she's coming in from another country. That's uh, one of the requirements, I guess. But, uh, sure. But you're, you know, we're in a fourteen-day quarantine. Fourteen-day <laughs> quarantine. So, uh, Doug, uh, you've come up with an idea for unification, for uh, common support. Uh, maybe you could tell us about about it. Well, sure. Well, I, I'm not going to claim credit for the idea. Um, so, um, uh, President Nelson, uh, who's the uh, who's the head of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, has invited. Uh, about 16.5 million uh, members of the church um, to unite with uh, members of our community. Um, uh, really, essentially, a, a very ecumenical invitation. Uh, it's promoting a worldwide uniting of faith. Um, and and I think, you know, for me, I think it, it resonates because, you know, we're all sitting, well, a lot of us are, we're all quarantining yeah. one way or another. Um, we're certainly uh, in a unique territory here. But, um you know, we're seeing, you know, if you have, we have time, so we're watching the news, we're seeing massive needs, we're seeing what's happening to our economy, which is just horrific, uh, the health impacts. And, and um, so we're asking, you know, what, what can we do? Uh, what can we do to help and where can we turn for help? And, you know, of course, we're social distancing and, and uh, we're doing what we can to slow the spread of uh, COVID-19. Um, we're also using technology and other resources to do, you know, thoughtful acts of service, um, for example, my wife uh, saw some posts on Facebook. There, um, there, there's a group of people in the community that are working on, uh, that have sewing skills that are uh, busy sewing face masks to, um, to, to donate to our local hospitals. So there's lots of good things we can do, but, you know, th- and those are all good, but, um, but, but I feel very passionate. And I think most, m- most of us in the community are feeling passionate on the need to, to seek God and to, to ask for his help and his blessing. Absolutely. I think we have an opportunity. Yeah. So tomorrow's tomorrow is Good Friday, and uh, the, you're asking for all of us to think about uh, that, make the proposal that uh, that that uh, you're recommending. Yeah. So um, so for the second time in many weeks, about 16.5 million members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints and and others um, uh, will participate in are being invited to join in a worldwide fast. Um, this is an invitation to fast and pray for three things. Um, the first is that um, if we can unite our faith and asking that this present pandemic can be may be controlled. Um, the second, that our caregivers that are you know out on the front lines here that they'll be protected as they work. And number three, that the economy will be strengthened, and life can be normalized. Um, my, my, now, my family and I we're adding to that invitation. You know, our prayer for the president and our leaders. Um, that they'll be guided and sustained by God during this crisis. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and Good Friday is a you know it's a unique day. Um, you know, it's Friday, and and uh, it's it's a day that Christians will honor the death of Jesus Christ uh, on the cross at Calvary, um, also called Golgotha. And Christians around the world are commemorating all that Jesus Christ did for us in the final week of his life, and. We are preparing to celebrate the miracle of his resurrection on Easter morning. And I think given that context, uh, Good Friday is a perfect day uh, to have our Heavenly Father and his Son hear, hear us as a community and as a nation as we come together and unite in this ecumenical invitation to, uh, to lift our voices together in fasting and prayer. Right, and it is, is ecumenical. I think it's great that the uh, uh, the uh, head of the church has actually recommended this. But tell, uh, when people agree to fast, the day of fasting, what does that mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a customary fast is two meals or a period of 24 hours um, where you abstain from, from food and water. Um, and for us, um, we have a, a fast offering system. So a full fast for us would be uh, would be abstaining, and we typically do that once a month. Um, but for this fast, we're we invited, customary fast would be two meals in 24 hours. Um, for us, we would pay a, what's called a fast offering to complete that fast, where we would take the money that we would use to eat and, and, and to be generous with that. But then uh, we would give that money to our local bishop to be able to use to help provide food and um, you know other assistance to those that are in need. And in this case, you know, we rec- you know, obviously there are many people who physically are unable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I have a sister who's hypoglycemic, and 
So um, there's other ways people can sacrifice. In her case, for example, she'll uh, you know, limit, she'll, you know, avoid some, some of the fancier foods and kind of eat a little bit bare food, but it's, it's really, it's a, it's just an opportunity for us, um, to, um, to just show that we're sacrificing to show some uh, commitment. Um, and, uh, you know, we've received reports that, you know, many people not of our faith will be participating in this worldwide fast tomorrow. Um, and, you know, some people will begin their fast Thursday night and conclude it on, on Friday night. Um, some will go from lunchtime to lunchtime. Uh, some will just simply fast all day. Um, yeah. However you do is fine. The, the, the Really, the, the intent and the effort is what matters. That's right. It's the mindfulness about it and also the point of prayer is the point and what we're praying for. Doug, I think it's a great idea. I'm so happy that we're having this conversation. I'm so pleased also that your daughter is home safely uh, in her mission to uh, Peru. I genuinely appreciate your coming on. Oh, you want to give us a website where we can find out more? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, we want to thank you for have you know for giving me the opportunity to share that. Um, you can get more information if you want to visit www.lds.org or churchofjesuschrist.org, um, and you can learn more. And just want to encourage your your listeners to um, to unite uh, that we can and pray and ask God that we can give uh, uh, help to the caregivers that are protecting us and that we can control this pandemic and that the economy will be strengthened and life normalized. And, um, I'm, I'm excited and we, you know, we live in a great community down here in Southwest Florida. Why don't we? And, uh, appreciate you having, having us on. Oh, absolutely. Doug Lewis again. Thank you so much for joining us, Doug. All right. Coming up, we're going to be uh, visiting with Seton Motley. He is the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For the best in food and drink as well as great live entertainment, go to the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar. Formerly known as Weekend Willie's, the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar has terrific new local owners offering a great new upscale decor and a fabulous new menu. Linda and I are weekly regulars to hear live blues, but you can stop by anytime for great food and drink, to watch your favorite sporting event, or to hear great live entertainment five nights a week. The Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar is located at 5310 Shirley Street, just off Pine Ridge Road, and it's open from 11 a.m. until close every day. Visit the website dogtoothnaples.com or call 431-7004. That's 431 431- 704. I hope we'll see you there. As Southwest Florida is impacted by the coronavirus crisis, the organizations that provide relief and support to our community's most vulnerable population are finding their resources stretched. For 32 years, St. Matthew's House has provided food, shelter, and comfort to those struggling with poverty, food insecurity, and homelessness. St. Matthew's House is the only emergency homeless shelter in Cuyahoga County, sheltering more than 300 men, women, and children every night and providing more than 500,000 meals each year to those in need. For those who have shelter but are food insecure, direct assistance is offered through the St. Matthew's House Food Pantry and Grocery Distribution. Donations of food, hygiene supplies, detergent, diapers, and monetary support are needed curbside drop-off is available at St. Matthew's House Main Thrift Store at 2601 Airport Road, South Naples. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization that does not solicit government funding. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org or call 239-774-0500. That's 774-0500. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And check it out. There's a virtual theater stuff going on there. You can find out more by visiting gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of a great organization, Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and 
sphere of influence of government, and I can't leave my house right now. So how's it going? <laughs> so, so martial law exists, huh? So unbelievable. Right. Yeah, of course you're right down in in the Washington D.C. area, so uh, uh, I'm sure the situation is. Pretty well, I'm an hour away, actually. So are you? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. give or take. Yeah. So Seton, you you wrote about uh, Google. You said you summed up its business model as one, in one word: theft. Maybe you could tell us about it. You know, I've written about the, 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 the evolution of the Internet was an interesting educational process. Um, of course, the people who are the, very smart, uh, the, the way I described it is they see a little further around the curve of the earth than the rest of us do, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, you, if you're an entrepreneurial person, you see things a little bit clearer, a little bit more distant than the other person. You, you can see what, you can anticipate what other people are going to need or what, what will be valuable later that isn't considered valuable now. Yep. And the people, the, 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 uh, the uh, Internet entrepreneurs, the, the avant-garde people on the Internet were the people who realized that the coin of the realm is, is personal data, is your data. So you were talking about people like um, Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook. We're talking about people like um, Serge Brin and Larry Page from Google. They set up their shop, and they realized, okay, we need to get access to as many online users as possible, so they give away everything, quote-unquote, for free. Uh, you get you know free search engine, free Gmail, free um, documents, free you know your Android operating system. You know uh, uh, an Android op- uh, phone is is half the price of a of an Apple phone. Why? Because they they make it up by selling your data. They collect the data and sell it. Um, sometimes you get the one hundred page. You know, disclaimer saying they had the right to steal your data, uh, and then you click OK, and then it all go, and then it all happens. I agree. On search, for example, you don't get that. Right. They do ninety-seven percent of U.S. searches, and you don't get a disclaimer before that. Hmm. Um, nor, nor do you get a disclaimer that you, your listings that they return for you are not based upon search results. They're based upon who bought, who paid the most for advertising words. Right. Um, so their whole operation, they became, they were flirting with a trillion dollar valuation before the, you know, China virus shutdown happened. They're, they're at about $850 billion now. And they got there almost exclusively by collecting and selling your data. So it's, the, it's, it's the longest ongoing uh, identity theft operation <laughs> in the history of the world. Definitely the biggest, a p- a good way to look at it, uh, Seton. Uh, but, uh, you know, and uh, nobody reads those disclaimers, right? I, at least I don't. They're long. No. You just click, I agree, and you go on about your business. Well, basically, what, you, what you've agreed to is everything everything that you just described. Right. And, and, and uh, what I didn't evolve to the point where I read them. I, if I run into them, I just click no and go somewhere else. Right, right. But, um, but, but anyway... It's, that's what they've been doing. And, and it's their, so because their entire pre- existence is predicated upon theft, they steal everything. They're, they completely, the, 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 the guilt gene doesn't seem to exist in Google, and it must be removed if you apply for a job, apparently. Uh, I mean, they steal, you know, they, they, authors have, have sued them because they were going to upload entire books online and let you search them without paying the, the authors. So the publishers had to sue them. Um, uh, there, there's nine million examples of intellectual property theft. Uh, Sonos right now is the name of a, a speaker company, and Google ripped them off, and they're currently suing them. I mean, there's nine trillion examples. Well, Oracle and sues them. You, you and I, I think, have discussed this before, I think. I can't remember. Sorry. Um, there's a case going before the Supreme Court once again, when the Supreme Court reopens, um, and it's, it's Oracle is right. the name of a, a tech company. And God bless them, they're one of the few tech companies that, you know, isn't in the hip pocket of the left and, and the Democrat Party. Uh, they, in 2010, acquired a company called Java, or Sun Microsystems, which created a product called Java. Java is 
what they call open source uh, platform. It's it's to, to build a website. You know, it's like there's certain foundations you use to build a building. There are certain foundations you foundational code you use to build websites. Open source platforms write them for you. They have them for you, and you use them. And the terms of the open source for Java were you either make available and open what you create with our software, or you pay us a license. Well, Google built their Android operating system with JavaScript, and then, of course, didn't make it available, and didn't pay Oracle a license, and just said, come sue us, we're worth $850 billion. <laughs> so this lawsuit has been going on for, almost, for about a decade now. Wow. And it's reached the Supreme Court. And, and, the, and the decisions of ping-pong back and forth, a court here will rule with Google, a court here will rule with Oracle, and up, and up the food chain we, we've gone. Uh, and so now we're at the Supreme Court. And this is a really important case because, it's, again, a lot of the Internet is based on this open source material. Right. And, you, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of like a take a penny, leave a penny. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to use it, you've got to abide by the community standards. Google didn't abide by the community standards. And because, I mean, the, Android is the number one operating system in the world. They've probably made a trillion dollars yeah. off of the Java code they used, and they didn't even get a license for it. Yeah. Um, and they didn't, of course, they of course didn't make it available because it's Android and it's proprietary and all that. So this is this this has a huge bearing on the hist on the future of um, open source material because you know Google can afford to write their own damn source code. I don't right. know you know why they went to Java and did this, but the little guys, guys like us, who want to just who are building their online brand and building their online knowledge. This is a very helpful thing. This is, this is the entrepreneurial startup uh, code that everybody can use, provided everybody adheres to the, the terms. And uh, again, Java was purchased, uh, Sun Microsystems was purchased with real money by Oracle. Yeah. So no one's going to invest <laughs> in open source material anymore. If Google wins this case in the Supreme Court. Well, i got to tell you, I hope Oracle wins because we need protection from theft and big companies that have all the money in the world that they can use to defend themselves against this and stretch things out for 10 years going to the Supreme Court. That's not justice. And uh, hopefully... And, and, and God bless Oracle. I mean, they're worth $157 billion, which is, uh, I think, or something. That's the last time I checked, which is nothing to sneeze at. But God bless them for doing you know, community work by suing Google because most people that get ripped off by Google can't afford to do it. Absolutely. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. Check out Less Government at lessgovernment.org. Seton, always appreciate your commentary. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I could only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs, at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. 
You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulubee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. Well, after the uh, pandemic ends, anyhow, and that you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Bob. Well, well, thanks for having me, and, and you're coming in loud and clear this morning. So pleased to hear it. Well, I fiddled with some knobs. Linda spent some time, and I, she helped me out. And uh, the irony is, I'm gonna just, <laughs> technology is so strange to me, because I turned down the volume on something, and all of a sudden it's, it's improved. The <laughs> oh, well... <laughs> you know what? You, you never know sometimes, and uh, and if it works, you leave it alone, right? right? That's exactly right, Bill. So, you know, here you are. You've been mayor. Uh, you know, I quite frankly, um, I would guess that, that right now the mayor of Naples going forward is going to be dealing with a lot of difficult issues with regard to funds coming in to support government and uh, all kinds of things because of this uh, situation. On, I, I yeah, guess on yeah, I mean, that's true, and they're, you know, they... they um, I just don't quite think they're going about it the right way. They're they're trying to have a meeting on the fifteenth, a uh, regularly 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 scheduled meeting on the fifteenth, mm. which they really, in my opinion, I'm just a citizen, just like you, mm-hmm. Bob. Um, I, in my opinion, they don't need to be doing this. There's no emergencies. Um, you're going to pull staff in, or even if they do virtual, how do you get the public to weigh in if they want to be heard? Right. So, um, and so, um, uh, you know, from the last word I got there, they're putting this thing together and they're going to have at least, you know, a couple of people there and then the rest can call in. And to me, that just, just, if it was an emergency, it's one thing. Right. Okay. But, but it's certainly no emergency. I have not seen what the agenda is, but I can guess that it's probably got something to do with ethics or, uh, or Gulf Shore Boulevard, neither of which is an emergency, but, um, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, and, uh, you know, other than that, I'm, um, I'm, I've been doing uh, a lot of walking, um, every day good. and, uh, starting to feel really good because I was doing that for, for a long while, but then, you know, when you get busy, you, you kind of goof off and what are you doing? Uh, you, you, you can't play golf, huh? Well, you know, the, the irony is, uh, I think there's only seven golf courses, somebody told me, that are actually closed in Cuyahoga County because of all this. Ours happens to be one of them. So, right. Uh, today, actually, as it, as it turns out, I'm going to take three or four clubs and uh, one of those little chairs that you use to go to golf tournaments where you can fold them up. And right. I'm going to take that. I'm going to go out because I have bad back. I can't walk that far. But right. I'm going to try and play about, you know, even though the course is closed, they're not you know, keeping it up to standard as they normally would. Right. I'm going to go out and play uh, nine holes or something like that. Well, good. I think that's great. And you, you wouldn't, and they wouldn't give you a reciprocal at this time of the year, right? No, they, uh, they, uh, well, and the problem is most clubs right now will not accept non-members on the course. Well, yeah, that's true. So, uh, but it's, 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 you know, uh, to me, this, this is an inconvenience, no question about it, but it's for a good purpose. And that's to try and protect people from getting this, this, uh, very well, contagious virus. Right, exactly. And uh, I think, you know, from what I saw yesterday, they're starting to make some, you know, there's a couple of states and everything that have said, have said that it uh, looks like the curve is uh, straightening out a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's that, that's 
good news and news we've been kind of waiting for, for sure. It is. I did see one news source said that right now the coronavirus is creeping into rural communities and that it could be a problem because uh, the health and some of these people that are living in rural communities are, are poorer and, right. and less uh, healthy. And uh, we'll see where that goes. But hopefully this, this thing will be contained and we'll get uh, over the curve, I guess, is the term that we're using right now. Right, right. Yeah, well, I've heard so many of them. Anything you mention with curve, it's, <laughs> it is a curve. Yeah, that's right. So, Bill, you know, my view of this whole thing is I'm just trying to find uh, what's good about this. I mean, to try and get into being quarantined, trying to get into being isolated, so doing things that are useful and productive as opposed to, you know, whining about... Uh, well, this, this, is, this is very true. Um, we're, we've done some projects around the house, and we've got a big one uh, to do in the garage, which has been sitting for a long time, and so um, I, I'm, getting, I'm getting Chris motivated um, so we can go out there and tackle that stuff. I'm sure Goodwill... Is benefiting from a lot of homes. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you know. Well, I must admit that I need to clean up my garage, but uh, uh, I I think about it a lot. I just don't yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thinking about it doesn't exactly make it disappear, but you know, and uh, um, you know, for you guys especially, because I mean, you eat out a lot, right? And that's kind of kind of have put a crimp in your style. Well, it's uh, what we've done is we're trying to continue to support businesses here in the community. So, right, uh, we went to Alexander's and did pick up last night to take out. It was very well done. The guy was standing there. John was standing there with his mask on and uh-huh. met, met with his gloves, handing us our food so there's no contamination. The food was fantastic, by the way. They've got the special at Alexander's: a bottle of wine and two entrees, uh, including the uh, grouper, uh, right, to, uh, for uh, fifty-five bucks, which is a pretty good deal. Yeah, you know, you know, I'll give you another one to try if you don't mind driving down to Fifth because there's no traffic anywhere. Bistro Eight Twenty One. Uh huh. I mean, they they have some really nice things on their menu. They do a Parmesan encrusted sole uh, that is just out of this world. We went and picked up there the other night, and you know, if you do a little shopping around, you you'd be surprised what you can find because, like you said, supporting our local businesses is so important, and uh, you you find some some pretty good things. I know that John Lucas at Cosmos, they're doing, um, they do lunch and dinner takeout. Wow. Which is nice. Yeah, well, so, uh, Blue Provence, we went to uh, Blue Provence on uh, Tuesday night for takeout, and they're offering 20% off on their fabulous, I think. And we had the, uh, the, uh, uh, well, I've forgotten now what it is. It was a fabulous fish. It was just absolutely delicious. So I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know that Blue Provence was doing the takeout. That's amazing. Yeah, start Tuesday through Saturday. I think it is. Okay. So, okay. Uh, and you probably go online and see what the menu is anyway. Yeah, I think so. But uh, you, you place your order on the phone four to seven p.m. Right. And, and uh, it's, it's really quite good, Bill. So. Uh, yeah. Well, I love Blue Provence. Are you kidding? If I, um, I'm trying to figure out how they can put escargot in a uh, <laughs> in a to go <laughs> yeah. box, Bob. They, they'll figure it out. <laughs> I have to tell Jacques to listen. Give it to me in the regular, you know, uh, little uh, dish that you serve it in, and I promise I'll bring the dish back. See? Yeah. So, Bill, have you ever seen anything like this? Driving down uh, streets, there's not a soul on the on the road. It's almost they're vacated. It's unbelievable how people are cooperating with this uh, stay at home. No, I th- I th- I think it's great, and I actually tell you, you got to tell Linda that I actually saw a couple of Chris actually saw a couple of car carriers yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think that that might help us as well. I think so as well. Bill Barnett again, former mayor of Naples and great friend. Bill, you'll always be Mayor Bill to me. <laughs> well, thanks, Bob, and I I think there's a lot of people that. That that have that have that same. Uh, I'm still being called Mayor Bill, and that's okay with me. I get to keep my title, so Darn can't right. complain about anything else, right? That's exactly right, Bill. Thank you so much have, for joining us, and have a great week, Bob. You weekend s- and hit him good today. I'll try. Thank you See so you. much, Phil. All right. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Uh, tomorrow we've got uh, great guests, including William Yateman, who is a research uh, fellow. At the Cato Institute, I enjoyed visiting with Bill because we talk, William, because we talk about current world events. Uh, Nancy Lashide is the co-founder of the Neighborhood Health Clinic. Uh, look forward to have her on the show because, needless to say, they're going through difficult times. 
a higher request for health health needs, of course, and uh, serving uh, the the less fortunate. We'll find out what uh, issues they're dealing with. Sharon Kenny is the author of Where Should We Eat? She uh, does uh, commentary on travel, dining, and entertainment, as well as Dave Beagle, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs> so much for listening to the Bob Harton Show on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharton.com. <laughs> <laughs>